cave without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. And make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. God, now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's dance, bozo. Hello, and welcome to Gotham City Limits, Episode 6. He is Vengeance, he is the Knight, and I'm M, and that's Autumn. I'm Autumn. We're here talking about the goddamn Batman. Maybe you've heard of him. (laughs) Menace of Gotham City. (laughs) He's your worst nightmare. Uh, he is your worst nightmare. That's, that's, that is also one of the iconic lines. You get, I am Ben, I'm the night, but you also get, I'm your worst nightmare. So I feel like they dropped into a bunch of commercials back in the day. Um, they even referenced that line in like Brave and the Bold, I think. Uh, I, um, I really like that line because I was kind of thinking in this episode, like, ah, uh, this is my favorite, uh, like Batman outfit. And it is really funny to see a guy in dark blue spandex running around saying that I'm your worst nightmare. Um, like, I like Batman in, like, dark blue better than I like Batman in black, but um, it is funny to hear. He's hard to take serious sometimes. Um, how do you feel about the emblem? Are you, are you, like, a yellow emblem person? Do you like it when it's just black? I definitely, I'm definitely a yellow emblem person. I definitely... I I feel I like the black emblem. Um I feel more strongly about the the dark blue than I do about the uh the emblem itself, but I do prefer the yellow emblem. How about okay. you? I think I think I pre- I I like the not like no yellow emblem. I think that's my preferred, mm-hmm. but like not in the like giant across the chest Frank Miller way necessarily. Well, mm-hmm. not in the like Dark Knight Returns, uh, whatever version, but like in the Batman Year One version, that's the shit. Like make him look like the 30s. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I also just generally like the design of like the oval, um, the oval one better than like mm. the, yeah, the big spread out bat wings. Like I think the, I think the original, like, more oval one is like more iconic and just better. Um, um that's fair. I'm trying to remember yeah. how he looks. I'm trying to remember what he's wearing in the uh Batman Year One, the comic, and all I'm getting is Batman Batman Year One, the uh movie, and I don't care for it. <laughs> you can just search for comic and get the right thing. Oh yeah, good idea. <laughs> for some reason, Google Images is not pulling it up. So I, I think I've got it. Yeah, this is a pretty good Batman costume. Like this is yeah. it's not my ideal. It's not my favorite Batman costume, but this is a pretty good one. So. Um, I was also just thinking about it because I was like, doesn't I think as the DC AU stuff goes on, like his ears get a lot longer and pointier. And I think they're like the right length in this early part of the show. Um. 
Yeah, I mean, the the redesign definitely lengthens his ears quite a bit, changes some of his look in general. Um, my thing specifically is I like when Batman looks like a guy who is wearing like a bodysuit and not mm-hmm. a guy who's wearing a bunch of armor. Yes. Um, which has made the last 20 years of Batman intolerable, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, um, that is just not the thing that people do anymore, and it sucks. I do just like Batman as, like, a guy in a bodysuit. Yeah. Um, should we talk about this episode? I guess we could. I, I was gonna talk about some comic books some more. No, please do, please do. Because I'm still reading some goddamn Batman. Um, I'm in the I'm in 69's Detective Comics, looking for the moment Batman becomes cool. And I again, uh, this is the search. It's almost there. It like goes for stuff. It's like kind of noiry. It's got some of the trappings of the 60s show still, but then it'll just like go one step too far, and it all falls apart into like pure bathos. As you're like. <laughs> golly gee chumming it along with robin and batman refusing to let go of like the old way of doing stuff but it's it's like walking up to the line and i'm like i can see the batman here that i want it's coming mm-hmm. um i've been reading a bunch of comics this week but i still just have not read much batman because i just like it's like ah, oh, let me just read a bunch of tezuka you know yeah no that's fair it's Tezuka's good living sick. yeah <laughs> no that's fair you've also been reading understanding comics i saw yeah it's pretty fucking miserable i need to stop but i'm really? so close to the end now that i might as well finish it i remember quite liking it i was much earlier in my comics reading career when i read it though there's um the early chapters have some like interesting stuff it's just that like there is a lot of time spent on like it's 1993, and the big manga boom in um, the U.S. hasn't happened yet, and so Scott McCloud yes. treats manga as if it is this like magic Eastern, uh, like this sort of like Orientalist way of thinking about manga, and it like every time it starts happening, it like just rips me out of the uh, rips me out of the book, uh, and there's some other stuff about like. There's like an assumed heterosexuality of the reader, like there's just like weird 90s stuff in there that's like keeps ripping me out of it when i'm just like oh this stuff he's talking about with like time and space being the same thing in a panel is really interesting (laughs) you know yeah i would be curious what you thought about reinventing comics which is the one he wrote in 2000 yeah i was i looked at the wikipedia for that and i'm like i have to read this after this so (laughs) yeah I I don't I think as like a text of its time, um, especially like in the middle of the '90s boom where everyone was getting into comics for the first time, I think it's really interesting mm-hmm. and will lead you. Like it definitely led me to reading stuff I wouldn't have read otherwise and helped me understand more about like formal structure of comics. Yeah, as somebody who didn't grow up reading, I read newspaper comics. I didn't read comic book comics. Yeah, um, and the literacy is just different. Um, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's been a lot of interesting stuff, and I think if you can read it as, like, this is a thing that, like, came out in 1993, like, it's totally fine. Like, I'm not saying, none of the stuff I'm saying is bad. I am just, like, as the book has gone on, there's been less interesting stuff and more just, like, um, yeah, I guess, like, cultural stuff that just doesn't play in 2021 in the same way. But, you know, like, you can't, it's hard to hold that against a book from 1993. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I don't remember how much manga is covered in reinventing comics. I know it's there's like a lot of webcomic stuff, which is uh interesting. The um, the 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 interesting thing is that I actually um 
I got to this from, um, I opened up a copy of Dororo, and my Kindle was set to, like, flipped, and so I saw the back cover first, and there was, like, a quote from Scott McCloud on there. I was like, oh, you know what? I've never read, uh, Understanding Comics. Let me, like, poke at that, and I've just ended up, like, spending the whole day doing that. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's better than browsing through weird 69 Batman comics. Uh, <laughs> being like, somewhere this will cross over the threshold and be cool, but not not quite. Not quite. Uh, there was an implication in one of the comics I read uh, that, with like an error's note that the Joker just glows in the dark. And, and <laughs> the note was like, uh, early in his career, do- Joker was doused with phosphorescent chemicals and just does this. But, but no, no book was cited that I could go look at, so I don't know when this happens. If you know why the Joker glows in the dark in 1969, uh, please let me <laughs> know i would like to find that uh story um i did think because the the panel you tweeted with that in it says the weird apparition i was like oh is m just reading strange apparitions after all because <laughs> i no, just I'm, legitimately I'm strange for a second that up, was... <laughs> but yeah yeah no i'm i'm still in i think mid late 69 at this point in detective so um I don't remember. Did I talk about reading Gotham by Gaslight on the last episode? I think I did. I think you did a little. I don't remember because we talked about it probably yeah. a little bit. So yeah, I think I think you might check it out just because like um, just Batman going after Jack the Ripper just does just seem like a thing that you would yes. be into. <laughs> I think I read it like way back in the day, but I don't have any memory of it. The the volume I had has another story after it that is not illustrated by Mike Mignola, and I keep being like, should I read this, or should I just, like, move on? Um, I've been, in these comics, there's always backups. There's, like, an elongated man backup. I'm like, I'm not reading this, but yeah. uh, lately it's been Batgirl, and I'm like, I'll read the Batgirl ones. They're all fucking terrible. They're fucking bad. <laughs> uh, um, Yeah, it's weird to think about comics having backups, because that's just... That just goes away completely at some point, and I don't know, yeah. like, I, I don't know why it was around to begin with, and I don't know why it went away. Um, I assume just gives artists a break, and then you get, like, someone else who's, like, maybe not quite uh, ready to do a full book to do, like, a small thing. That makes sense, yeah move books with characters that wouldn't support their own title. But, you know, I also the elongated fans out there buy detective comics. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where I've been digging around still. Uh, so I guess we should get into this, uh, this episode. Our episode this week is Pretty Poison, the fifth episode of Batman the Animated Series. It came out in 1992. It is our introduction to Poison Ivy. Please, Autumn, give me a five-sentence summary of Pretty Poison. Okay. We begin in a flashback to um, Bruce, Harvey, and the city of Gotham breaking ground on a new penitentiary that uh, like Harvey dreamed up and Bruce funded and... Um, in the back, like, um, sort of in the background of this scene, you see a mysterious young woman, like, taking some flowers away from the site that the, uh, this new penitentiary is supposed to be built on. Um, uh, Bruce is supposed to meet Harvey and his new fiance, Pamela Isley, for dinner, but gets, uh, uh, but it is late doing Batman stuff. Um, and 
when he arrives, uh, no, no, I'm going to, Bruce is supposed to meet Harvey and Pamela Isley for dinner, but, um, is late doing Batman stuff. Meanwhile, Harvey is like, Bruce and I are best friends. I know everything about him. He knows everything about me. We are best friends in the whole world. (laughs) Um, sentence three at dinner, um, Isley, uh, kisses, uh, kisses Harvey gratuitously (laughs) and, um, uh, poisons him, which of course no one realizes at the time. And he is sent to the hospital. Um, sentence four, Batman does some investigation and finds out that, um, the poison was from an extinct, uh, type of rose, but when he looks into, Isley discovers that she is the sort of person who would keep, like, supposedly extinct species of rose in her greenhouse, so he goes to investigate, whereupon, um, a big Venus flytrap tries to eat him. Um, sentence five, Batman beats the Venus, Venus flytrap, beats, uh, Pamela, who, uh, identifies herself as Poison Ivy, and gets the antidote to save Harvey Dent's life, and, uh, uh, Poison Ivy is sent to prison. There you go. I just, I just did it this time. I just did it. You just did it. <laughs> uh... So Harvey Dent introduces is once introduces new girlfriend to Bruce Wayne like they were a couple in college. Me and my ex boyfriend Bruce Wayne, who were roommates <laughs> in every sense of the word. Uh, I this this ep, this one episode's vision of Harvey Dent one doesn't go out well with any other vision of Harvey Dent, but is weird and interesting mm-hmm. um, because he's just like a. a goof he's just the world's biggest goober uh he's pulling goofy faces as like pamela's all over him uh is clearly impressed with his girlfriend bruce is like playing along uh definitely cares about his feelings in a way that is like engaged and empathetic in a way i don't think of the bruce wayne persona in this show as being yeah um it's like man he's got like a real relationship with harvey dent uh be ashamed if anything happened to (laughs) All of this is good because, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, this is the one episode you get of them being, like, really good friends before, like... Um, I'm pretty sure that's true, yeah. Before, you know, he becomes Two-Faced. And I I really wish that you got, like, three more episodes of this. Like, I don't need this to be a central dynamic of the show, but I really wish that this friendship was around just a little bit more to make the Two-Faced stuff, like, sting a little bit more. Um... But yeah, they're just like, they're just homies in a way that like, I just don't think of Bruce Wayne in this show or really anywhere, like having friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, We were talking last week about how like, um, the Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne is a goddamned weirdo. Um, and I don't think of most like Bruce Wayne's as that, but I do kind of think of them i think of bruce wayne always as like a very flighty guy who's your best friend for like a week and a half and then like you never see him again mm. um <clears throat> yeah yeah but not not harvey dent <laughs> yeah they're just, they're like they're tight <laughs> yeah uh it's wild um gosh what do we want to get there's a lot happening in this episode there's a lot me. happening in this episode um, 
So, Poison Ivy. I decided I was going to look up uh, the origin of Poison Ivy because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did not know that she debuted in 1966 in Batman 181, which makes her a relatively recent, like, Batman villain as far as, like, the classic villains go. Mm -hmm. Um, I assume she'd be around much earlier than that. Um, And uh, she was... uh, modeled off of betty page which is i think very clear in this design this is the most bruce tim has oh hard on God. for like cheesecake ladies character design in the entire world <laughs> <laughs> this is like like bruce tim is well known for like being kind of a weirdo when it comes to drawing ladies but like poison yes. ivy is like by far the like worst victim of this <laughs> yeah um, so she has like a pre-crisis origin. I'm not going to explain to you what pre-crisis is if you're listening to this podcast and don't know. It would take too long and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but her post-crisis one is not necessarily lined up correctly with like this version of the character because that's closer to like what we'll see in Batman and Robin where scientists inject her with a bunch of poisons and she went crazy um, and is now like exuding pheromones. Um, in this particular episode, she seems like she has no superpowers. Yeah. Uh, that will not remain true forever. But <laughs> she, she has to put on poisonous lipstick and then d- administer the antidote to herself for her own poison. Um, which is weird. Yeah. There was like, I had a moment where I was like, I'm fairly certain that her skin becomes green at some point in this show. And I had to like Google it and like, yes, it that's does. That's in the redesign. Yes, oh, that's, okay. That's it's in the redesign. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that they talk about her being like actually poisonous before that happens. They just fold that into her character. Maybe, I don't know. I was like, maybe it's when Batman Ron comes out, but I'm pretty sure the redesigns are before that. So I have no, I don't know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Poison Ivy as a like wronged botanist who also became a violent uh eco terrorist uh her origin for that was written by neil gaiman which explains a lot about to me <laughs> uh i that's weird cuz i only ever think of when was neil gaiman writing batman comics in 1988 secret origins 36 weird i i guess i just think of him as like going like, straight from whatever British comics he was doing to Sandman. But I guess it makes sense that he was just doing, like, work-for-hire DC shit before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sandman is work-for-hire DC shit, but still. Yes, I don't know. I do not know his entire... Uh, Me neither. ...history of comic books. All I know is that he's written one of my least favorite issues of Batman. Um, but, like, yeah, this... Weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, um, he did this. He did the Secret Origins. He did one of the Riddler, also. Huh. Um, that seems like that was most of. They just got him to do that stuff in '89 when they were doing all the new origins during. Uh, yeah, I guess like the post-crisis stuff. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um. But yeah, also like, um. So. I, I had a thought going off of what you were saying, and I kind of lost it, but so I want to just, like, touch on, like, it's super weird that this episode starts with, like, 
Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent are building a new prison to make Gotham safer, and it was like the most like, oh right, this is a '90s show that I felt. But so also far. <laughs> specifically, it shows them like breaking ground on this like small island, mm-hmm. um, and then it, it like flash forwards to five years later, giant battleship looking uh, Stonegate Penitentiary, <laughs> and it, and like smog in the sky, and it's nighttime all the time now, and it's like Gotham, brighter and safer. Uh, the show knows, yeah, like, the show is d- introduced Introducing this prison as a blight upon the society and like then a prison break happens. It's like this prisons do not make people safe. And the show, this episode for this one shot is about that. Yeah. Like it's, it's so weird because it's just like, it, it absolutely is about that. But there's just like a moment where like, if you're just, if you're not paying attention like, it does just sound like it is like totally just the like, ah, oh, we're cleaning up crime. And like, it is hard to like, I guess the thing that sucks is just, like, I don't, I just don't want Bruce Wayne to be this guy, you know? Yes. Um, but I know that, like, he is a billionaire, and I know that he is this guy. I guess that was the thing I was, like, responding to, was not, like, the show seems to be aware of this. I was just like, oh, no, I don't want Bruce Wayne to be this guy. I, I, like, it's fine if, you know, any other billionaire in Gotham City, like, you know, funds this big new prison, but I hate when Bruce Wayne does it. <laughs> it's like a weird tension because he's best friends with Harvey Dent, district attorney. Mm-hmm. He is a guy who prosecutes people and puts them in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like that even flies in the face of versions of Bruce that we'll see later in the show where he's like invested in rehabbing characters, like, especially with a character like Poison Ivy, who is like kind of a tweener, um, did nothing wrong in a lot of instances. Uh, like, there's going to be up. There's an episode where it's about her getting out of prison and Batman doing his best to try to like get her to like be like not murder people and just live her life and be chill. Um, mm-hmm. and he's still a guy who like dug the first, you know, foundations of the big penitentiary that's a blight, right? Where she goes at the end of this because she doesn't go to Arkham for some reason, I guess because she's not like. She's not a magical creature yet. Like, she's not, like, full of poison. She just goes to regular-ass prison at the end of this episode. <laughs> um, very inclusive that this, uh, that, uh, Bruce Wayne built a women's prison, seemingly. <laughs> it's a co-ed prison. Co-ed um, um, I mean, we'll see Arkham is, uh, you know, co-ed also, like, literally, like, right next door to each other. Nobody cares. Yeah, that's true. Um, very woke. Um, this is the important thing, is that Poison Ivy, to me, is a character, is, like, maybe the, it's first, like, it's at two purposes, because she's the Batman character, a villain, who's the most right but too much, in the way that, like, we talk about Marvel villains all being obnoxiously, like, saying things that we believe in, but then they have to be stopped because they do it the wrong way. Right. Uh, and the hero has to return everything to the status quo. But also, she does just have a penchant for murdering people for no good reason. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the show the way the show handles this in this episode is like she she was defending these like or she you know she preserved this otherwise outside of her plant extinct race of like species of flowers or whatever which is uh like a, a monumental task and like she's got a, a hothouse full of rare and endangered uh plants um but that's because she's like a crazy lady who invests in them like they're her children and that's just too far actually <laughs> um in a way that feels very like, 
like hippie bashing in a way that you'd only do in the early 90s right right yeah um and like yeah it's just weird because like so many batman villains are like oh that guy is fucking crazy and like she just isn't until the last three seconds of this episode (laughs) um yeah she's just like a normal person who just is like goes too far and then in the last three seconds of this uh episode um like does the big villain laugh um and like vows to get revenge and blah 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 yeah i mean she's like fully in the like femme fatale mode where Mm -hmm. she's you know wooing harvey and driving a fast car by herself and uh it's amazing they didn't put her in like katherine hepburn slacks instead of a dress in this episode but that's not uh that's not um (laughs) the you know deanie and tim's uh, speed is ladies who look like that but um that stuff is like falls away when she's just like my babies uh in a way that is like ridiculous Mm -hmm. and weird um because like the aspect in which she is like threatened by damage to her killer plants like their kids is like a weird motherhood metaphor sometimes in ways that yeah. suck. This show doesn't really get into it, but you could definitely read it that way. As like she is a mother nature character um, who then over invests in ways that, like ah, her because she's a woman, she takes life too preciously and is upset when Batman stomps on a flower um, in ways that are corny and bad. But I, this is a character that I mostly like and mostly think is like right in the way that like. Catwoman is a character that's often I, I like I think Poison Ivy's more sympathetic than Catwoman is. She's just stealing shit. Poison Ivy's trying to blow up warehouses. <laughs> I do um it is interesting. I hadn't thought about it before, but like every um Batman villain who's a guy is like totally unhinged crazy evil guy and every mm. um every single Batman villain who is a woman is like there's still good in her. <laughs> Um, cause Catwoman is this, Harley Quinn is this, Poison Ivy is this, like every single one of them is just like, is just like this. <laughs> um, I think Harley, Harley goes back and forth specifically because yeah. of how many different pans she's passed through and, uh, <laughs> her origin. I don't know. Um, m- my personal conception of Harley Quinn is like irredeemable, but in a way that's like, can be harmless. Like Batman doesn't have to worry about Harley Quinn most times. Yeah. Um, but you know this is where you get into idiosyncratic reads of characters um but specifically uh this first introduction of poison ivy like again no poison no uh, magical powers also she's got a cool little crossbow on her wrist that's like powerful mm-hmm. enough to like that it would kill batman if it hit him oh my god impressive. it like fucks up that venus flytrap just like yeah, it's straight like it's through like it's it. shot with a shotgun yes <laughs> <laughs> I do really like in the Vetus flytrap scene, like his cape getting ripped up. I was like, oh, I bet somebody uh, watched like watched this episode and was like, we're going to do this in every Arkham game now. <laughs> <laughs> they do, in fact, do it in every Arkham game. Man, that's a bad version of Poison Ivy. The fucking Arkham Poison Ivy. Oh my god. I really, I really love Arkham Asylum. Uh, <clears throat> she's bad in that game, and she only gets worse across the rest of those games. Yep. Um, when I think of Bad Poison Ivy, I think of that one, and I think of the Hush one, which you haven't read Hush. Someday we'll have to do Hush. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Um, (laughs) I, um, I was, like, I did read a plot summary of Hush recently, because I was like, I'm pretty sure I've read this before. I'm pretty sure I've heard the plot of Hush before, but I just was like, 
I was busy and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like read a plot summary of Hush because I'm curious. And I was like, oh, right. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah, but it's only like four episodes, four issues or whatever. We could easily oh, yeah. cover it. Oh, yeah. Week. Totally. Then we get to talk about shit like kryptonite rings and uh, <laughs> so many dumb bullshit things. The 2000s were a really bad time. <laughs> yep. Um, I have com- if we ever get to Just League, I have conflicting feelings about Batman having a kryptonite ring. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I hate it. It's all on how it's used. Uh-huh. Um, but in Hush, it's stupid. <laughs> there, there are... Sometimes... I don't hate it as a rule. Um, like, I kind of like... There, I kind of like some stories where Batman like has a secret plan for how he would take down every member of the Justice League. Like there mm. are stories that do that well, but like as a thing that happens like seemingly every six months across every DC property, it is a little bad. <laughs> you know, my thing is, my thing is, I don't like the idea that this is like a flaw, a character flaw of Batman, or that like everyone's shocked every time it comes up. Mm-hmm. Superman should be like, of course he has a plan to take us all out. Someone has to. <laughs> to me. Like, just understand that Batman's a paranoid guy who's willing to like stop you if you need to be stopped. Because let's be honest, Superman needs to be stopped like once every year. Yes. Like something bad happens to him and he turns evil. That's just what happens to Superman. <laughs> this is like. Yeah, this is like the thing that happens to Superman constantly. I think Superman should I think Superman should be a little hurt and then think about it for two seconds and be like, okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, he was hurt once in like 1982 and since then he's been like, yeah, of course, Bruce takes care of it whenever I turn evil, it's fine. <laughs> um, have you read any of those Injustice comics? Yeah, I read the first two seasons. I thought they were like they're corny, but I I was surprised at, at the like amount of care that it did in like handling the side characters uh, because yeah. the games have none of that really. I, they're much better than the actual game stories. Yeah, that was the thing was that like I kind of I kind of didn't like like the story in general, but I did like it as like ah, uh, this is a book I can pick up that is going to give me like all this like. DC Extended Universe Justice League Unlimited type stuff without me mm. having to like you know be up on what's happening and like in continuity right now you yeah. know um, and without having really to read Jeff the Johns stuff comics about, <laughs> I really like the stuff about Harley Quinn being good in those yes like just she's just a hero by the end of that yes. in a way that's good um, um, but yeah I uh, I mean the Superman stuff in Injustice is the worst part of Injustice like that stuff never really worked for me no um, but that's that's not that's not mind control Superman. That's decided to be fascist Superman. That's a different thing. It happens <laughs> to him all the time, also. But it's a different thing. <laughs> Superman who uh, gets mind controlled to be evil—that's like totally fine. It's a story that happens a lot. I'm fine with it. Superman who decides to be evil, hate it. Gotta stop. Can't. Yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that more for sure. I I, I can't stand it because one. Um, I hate it. And two, every single time it's something to do with Lois. And I'm like, I just don't think that, like, I think he loves her a lot. I just don't think he would be like this about her. <laughs> um, I, is that, I mean, I don't think in Injustice uh, isn't, you it know the, what? Someday, someday we're going to get to the part in Justice League that's about this and we can revisit this. Cause, Cause I don't remember exactly what the inciting incident is in Justice League. Cause it, I think in Injustice, it's that like Joker kills her, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. But I'm pretty sure in Justice League, like the show, it's Lex Luthor becoming president is what causes it. 
Right, I forgot they do. Oh my god, I'm excited for that. Yeah, they do the Injustice Society stuff. Yeah, I forgot they do that. God. Yeah, that one's sick because you get Batman vs. Batman. Justice League is a good fucking good. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, this episode. Um, the 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 back grapples here finally just shows up. It gets a whole scene introduced. <laughs> speaking of Batman coloration, there's a shot of Batman standing on the rooftop, but his it's like to the like the cameras to his back mm-hmm. and his his cowl and cape are all black and the outlines are white which yes. they never do in the show and it looks fucking weird he, i took a screenshot of it because i loved the composition of it and then i was like looking at it closer and i was like it does look weird it looks yeah, weird they always they, out, they always outline batman in blue in the show and this is the one time they do white and it looks off it looks very strange yeah um it does give it like a sort of like like I take, I took the screenshot, and like you could have just told me this is like a panel from a comic book, and I would have believed you. Um, mm-hmm. But it does, it just makes it, it makes it look like not this show, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, he also like takes down a helicopter single handedly by like lassoing it. Batman is the strongest <laughs> motherfucker in the entire world. I- uh. <laughs> So I watched this and was like, oh, my God, he killed those dudes. And then there is a insert shot of, oh, those guys totally aren't dead. And I'm like, you're lying. Those guys are dead. Those guys are dead. (laughs) You cannot pull Uh, a helicopter out of the sky like that and just those guys are dead. Yeah. But he's like doing Spider-Man stuff. He does not have spider strength. Uh, he's just Batman. Yeah, the way that he um, like swings around this radio tower was just like, can Batman do that? That feels like a little much. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I was like, man, they gave him the grapple, but he's doing extremely not Batman things with it instantly in a way that was like really surprising to me. They're still figuring it out. We're only on episode five, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, when Harvey and Pam are at dinner... Um, for the hors d'oeuvres or whatever, uh, Harvey gets a salad and she gets escargot. Uh, the, the rest of the dinner doesn't bear this out, but do you, because they, we don't see what they I was going to ask this Do too. you think she only eats meat? I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, like, during the episode, I was like, I cannot forget to ask about this. And uh, I did forget to ask about it, so thank you. I think she only eats meat. <laughs> I think if this is true, this is like the goofiest but most delightful character trait you could give Poison Ivy is that she's she only eats meat. But like what that you you like cooking. Mm-hmm. I like cooking. You nobody cooks meat without plant products in the meat. Right. You just don't. That's just, how cooking works. No, you you have to like you have to have like fruits and vegetables too. Like you just have to. I don't. And like you're gonna you're gonna season it. You know what's most se- unless you're uh-huh. specifically talking about salt and only salt. You know what most seasoning is? Fucking plants. <laughs> Peppercorn, plants. Yeah. Any herbs? Yep. Thyme, plant. Yeah, all the herbs are plants. <laughs> uh, it was very funny to me. <laughs> Because I was like, we don't see the rest of it. Like, there's a chocolate mousse that Harvey falls into and he's poisoned. But, like, she doesn't seem to touch it. The dessert tray is, like, a mousse, a cake, and, like, something else. It was very silly. And it was no one seemed to be eating it. Um, yeah, because the thing is that he falls into the mousse and the entire thing splashes up on his face. So, it was like, did, he, did they all just take, like, one bite of this and, like, just forget about it? Yeah. Um, also, we get... Uh, Bullock and like interrogating a bunch of people. I this is oh, like chefs. this is like the good Bullock. Like Bullock has showed up. He's great. I love this guy. <laughs> 
Yeah, because he asks the chef what he puts in the mousse, and the f- chef is an outrageous French guy. Um, and he's like, oh, uh, the chocolate, the, the the milk, the cream, the sugar. He's like, and strict nine? He's like, no, no, strict nine. <laughs> so good. And then he's There's, just interrogating so, a busboy. <laughs> yes. Uh d- the um the cops in this are super goofy. One, uh, Gordon answers the phone twice in this episode, and he picks up the phone, and he's like, Commissioner Gordon, and then immediately, before anyone could say anything, goes, what? Like, dramatically, and slams the <laughs> phone down and marches off. They they do the same bit twice, and it's always funny. Um, clearly was not being told anything over the phone. Uh, I love it. <gasps> um... This episode, uh, also, briefly, is the introduction of Renee Montoya to yes. the world. I, I um, saw her and I was like, I'm, is, I'm pretty sure that's Renee. Um, yeah, so they, she is for the show. Before this show aired, she was introduced in the comics, but only because she was already being introduced in the show. Right. So. Um, the I think her first big episode is like the Rashomon episode, which is coming up soon, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But classic badass of extended Gotham City fiction, Renee Montoya. I... You know what I might do? I might like try to jump to like those um those comics of her as the question. Um that might be something I try to read between uh between this episode and next because uh yeah. that's good shit. <laughs> I like her a lot in Gotham Central and like um No Man's Land stuff. I've or, weirdly sorry. never yeah. read Gotham Central and I feel like I should and I also feel like like we could do a couple episodes about Gotham Central at some point. Um, Gotham Central is weird because, like, I think it's really good. But it's also extremely fraught in the way that, like, genre fiction can mm-hmm. be. Um, especially since um, that's, uh, yeah, that's like a Rucka and Brubaker book. Like, yeah. Those are guys who fucking love to do the genre exercise to the, like, exclusion of good taste sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> like... Brubaker especially, like, has seemingly made his whole um, career now based on, like, ah, detective fiction is good, and I will not be examining, like, any of the misogyny in this genre. <laughs> like, I will just yeah. be doing it. <laughs> yep. Um, um, and sometimes, like, you know, like, I think his image books are, like, mostly fun, but, like, mm-hmm. they are that. Like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I liked and, like, The Fade Out. I liked Fatal. Yeah, specifically, Gotham Central has a thing where, like, it's the book where canonically Renee is, uh, at, like, re- like said to be a lesbian, but only because Two Face outs her because she spurns his advances, and it's a fucking mess. Oof. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Um. Yeah, I don't remember how she becomes the question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like look into this. I might just like read. I assume those. the old question dies. I assume so. I don't remember. I remember the question either shows. Oh, this up. is this is fifty two stuff. I never read fifty two. That's why I have no idea what this is. I I know, I know that um the question shows up it, definitely in Justice League, and I think maybe in this show too. But I don't remember. No, like, no, no. What... There's just there's it's just Justice League. Uh, he's voiced by um Jeffrey Combs, and he fucking rules. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs is a really good kit for yes. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah yeah. This is fifty two stuff. Uh, like that's when she takes it up, and then it's like one year later. Mm-hmm. The one year later arc of DC Comics is when she's just the question now. Yeah, um, I feel like that should just be a thing still. Like I feel like if you give if you give a beloved like. Like a fan favorite normal character, a cool superhero identity, like she should just get to keep that. Like 
Because I think that it's back now to, like, you know, some other guy being the question. Like, no, they should make her the question. Um, <clears throat> yep. According, at the bottom of the Wikipedia page says that right now she's the commissioner of Gotham City Police Department. I don't know what that means. Okay. I'll find out. This is another storyline that happens, like, once a month that, like, Gordon, yeah. uh, like, loses his commissionership. <laughs> yes ridiculous um but yeah she's a cool character she'll do, she i don't think she gets a lot to do in the show but she's around she's cool yeah she's really good in that rashomon episode like i think that episode in particular is like a really good episode and i think it's probably why she's like uh i think that episode is probably why they end up giving her so much time in the comics to like become a more fully realized character yeah um yeah uh what else do we have uh <laughs> Bruce Wayne has to come to Harvey Dent after all this is over and break the news to him that his girlfriend is a crazy <laughs> eco-terrorist. I guess she's not even like doing the stuff that I think of Poison Ivy doing yet. Mm -hmm. She literally, the prison exists. She rescued the plant and she's decided to go after Harvey Dent like a guy who was there at the groundbreaking. Not the people who planned it, not like the people who are running it or making profit off of it, not the warden of the prison. Just a guy who was there at the ceremony to break the ground. And the newspaper and like the ceremony is like, this is one man's vision, Harvey Dent. Did District attorneys don't design and like green light prisons. I, um, when I was getting ready to watch this episode, like I kind of mishmashed like her hugging Bruce and her kissing Batman in my head into one scene. And I was like, oh, she's going after everybody who was involved in building this prison. And so she gets Dent and then she gets Bruce. Um, yeah, I also thought that's where that was going, but it doesn't even come up. <laughs> it doesn't come up. She seemingly doesn't care about the guy who funded it, just the yeah. district attorney. <laughs> yeah, that part's weird, uh, because you think she'd go after Bruce and he'd have to be the awkward, like, uh, I'm not sleeping with my best friend's fiance. That's weird. That's beyond me. I'm Bruce Wayne. I don't know what sex is. Um, <laughs> um. He also... Um, knows that she's generated a toxin from this plant and then like probably get, it seems like he understood like when she like leaned in or whatever um how she delivered the toxin to harvey but didn't take any precautions against it like he's not like he doesn't have like lip protection or anything he just lets himself get dosed <laughs> i really like um i really like bruce and batman is like a guy who is aware of what sex is, but wants no part in it. Um, and like doing, doing the Michael Keaton Batman last week and doing this episode this week, it has been two really good weeks for like, he knows what it is. He just doesn't want any. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that's always been a read on Batman. Generally. Uh, -huh. uh, you know, what are you going to do? But I think it's weird that he just immediately like falls in. He wasn't wearing wax lips. That's the thing in Batman and Robin where he gets kissed. And he's like, or it's when Robin like lets himself be kissed. He's like wax lips uh, <laughs> and pulls fucking uh, Elmer's glue film off of his lips. <laughs> Ludicrous. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a pretty good episode, but pretty we have episode. better poison ivy stuff ahead. I I I like it when she's poisonous. Like it's weird that she's not. She doesn't have any of her powers. This show, at least right now, is really it's weird because it opens with Man Bat, who's just like a, mm -hmm. a you know universal monster creature. But mm -hmm. every other episode's been really clear about like. 
there's no magic here. This is just a guy fighting other people who are doing crimes. And the Joker might have a clown, like a clown robot, but that's like a robot that someone could build. Uh, it's not, it's not space magic, you know, like she's not actually poisonous and, uh, nobody has actual magic in the world and there's no superpowers. It's just people, um, in a way that's funny knowing this spawns like every other show that has to blow that up repeatedly. Right. Because like at some point, like, at some point the dc animated stuff is going to become you know the magic bullshit but um Mm -hmm. just hasn't been so far and also like it's just not how i've remembered it at all like i've just remembered like like in my head like she um is just poison in this episode like she has superpowers in this episode and like that was not true (laughs) you know i mean 10 12 seasons of television down the road, Batman's going to dodge an Omega beam that happens in this continuity. (laughs) (laughs) This is a man who is is fighting just a lady who tried to kill his like college roommate and uh, lets himself get kissed by poisonous lips. Idiot. This man, these are the same man. Um, it's also really oh, go, ahead, go ahead it's really funny because um concurrent to that it like concurrent to the justice league tv show like i remember the the morrison batman stuff is coming out and they like had to like dc had to make that black case book uh collection that's like here's all the like here's a bunch of paranormal batman stories so that like you know the stuff that morrison's doing makes a little more sense because like look he's always dealt with paranormal stuff but like the the tv show that batman was in at the same time as batman dodging omega beams (laughs) yeah and hanging out with green lantern (laughs) Um, my one other note here is when Batman or Bruce is heading off to the restaurant, he asks Alfred how the food is. And Alfred has an opinion on the trendiest night spots in Gotham. Where's the episode where Alfred just hits the town on his nights off to go fuck around and eat beautiful food? (laughs) I need, I need this. I need it so bad. (laughs) Yes. He has so much time to himself. He can just do whatever he wants. I I need a scene of Alfred eating street tacos. If I was not unemployed, I would find an artist to like draw a picture (laughs) of Alfred eating street tacos in Gotham City. And just like, these are bomb ass tacos. (laughs) That's the Alfred I want to see in the world. It's bright eating burgers and Alfred eating street tacos. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he, he's out on town. He's he knows things. He's Alfred. He has to know things. It's his fucking yeah. job. Um also I like that pe- Bruce Wayne is apparently incapable of like deciding what to get. And so like I like to imagine that every time he goes out for a meal, he asks Alf- he asks Alfred what to get. <laughs> I mean, there's always there are two types of people. There's the people who look at the menu and decide what they want, and there's the people who are making a cataclysmic life choice every time they're asked what they would like for dinner. And Bruce Wayne is clearly the second type of person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I know instantly what I want, basically. Um, That's why I, I'm not Batman, I guess. <laughs> I definitely was that person as a kid, and like now I just go and I'm like, the second thing I see that looks good, I'll just get it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Clark is a guy who knows exactly what he wants when he goes to a restaurant. 
I don't know that that's true. I kind of, I kind of imagine Clark as like a disaster person secretly. <laughs> like, I, uh, I think he's a guy who like is, it will look at the menu. He'll like listen to the specials, and he probably will pick one most of the time because he thinks it sounds good. But he always knows what he wants. He never second guesses his choices. Okay, like yeah, 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 that's fair. <laughs> Uh, Bruce is going to glower for 20 minutes and Dan is like, I could have made a better version of this at home. That's my reading on the three. <laughs> You're 100% right about Diana. That is just true. <laughs> um, uh, I guess that's it. That's all yeah, I've got. That's all. Um, Next time we are covering what is the next episode? I clicked away because I was looking up Omega Beams. <laughs> Uh, the Underdwellers, which I remember being a oh. fucking terrible episode. So, oh fuck, it's like both really bad and like just sad enough that I'm gonna be like just kind of miserable. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to say for everyone uh, is in the future, did we say this last time? If you would like to send in questions, I'd like to do them question bucket style when we get enough. So, if you'd like to send emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com or what is yours? Export audio podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'll just label them Batman, and when we get enough of them, we might do a QA episode. It'll yeah. be fun. Um, I, we might have actually gotten one um, between these two episodes, but I don't recall. So, I will look into that and I'll forward to you forward it to you if we did um but yeah yeah uh that's everything it's plugs time you can find me on twitter at autumnal underscore coffee you can find all my other podcasts at exportodd.io. you should listen to hot singles uh we took a little month off because of like you know our schedules were mismatched but um we're back and we're gonna do another one next week and um it's gonna be fucking good if people aren't familiar we just review albums over there it's a really fucking good podcast uh you can find me on twitter at em underscore being you can listen to most of my podcasts at normalmapping.com if you would like to support this podcast uh episodes come out on monday but if you want to get them a week early you can get uh, the patreon episodes at exportodd.io for one dollar a month uh, if you are, uh, you know, already subscribed, thank you so much. If you want to tell your friends, just tell them to ex- go to exportodd.io slash Batman and listen to this podcast. Tell everyone you know that you are enjoying this podcast. We yes. would love more listeners. Yes. Because um, it's fun. Everyone likes Batman. Everyone fucking loves true. this guy. <laughs> and if you don't agree, I don't want to hear about it. Just don't talk to me about it. I'll just be <laughs> upset. I'll be like, how do you not like Batman? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's Batman. Batman. This is this is the most like I am a, a, a like upper side of millennial opinion is I'm incensed the idea that someone wouldn't like Batman. <laughs> it's just a true thing in the world. <laughs> uh, anyway, until next time, we don't have a sign off, do we? Is it just Batman? It's just Batman. 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 <laughs>